Yeah, Utah shoved so far up your ass that you don't know what's fucking going on. Oh, that's the that range right. you should record them on who. Yeah, that was that aggressive. Was right. Yeah, that's that was aggressive. I'm so I'm, I'm so glad that who's still who's still recording. You plugged yeah. that thing in the beginning. Yeah, yeah. just take the, just take just yeah. take the names. Yeah, out exactly. AB, ABR always be recording. What's up, folks? It's another edition. It's the undefeated edition of Hitting the High Notes. Uh, Jazz talking is I. I am here. All Might himself. You can find me on the Twitterverse. And no, just the Twitterverse. <laughs> at, at Jazz High Notes. That's at Jazz High Notes. Uh, you know what? Help me get to 600 followers. Then we can start doing spaces, which apparently is still a thing. So, um, And Clubhouse, because I'm supposed to be the Jazz Clubhouse Insider. Let's, let's just say I failed in that regard so far. But um, uh, yeah, we are here. It's I, I Who Trend. We're going to talk Utah Jazz here. But first, let me introduce the co-host to the podcast here. Um, um, they call him Scary Jerry. He is... Um, uh, Jared, the Wolfman, uh, Barker. Ow, ow, what's up, brother? Yeah, what's up, man? How you doing? Good, good. I mean, I'm uh, just working. I uh, got to watch most of. I guess that was a game. I mean, it felt more like a, a jazz scrimmage. Um, uh, if this was in high school, they would the trans, the five fans in attendance would be like, um, uh, thanks for the, thanks for the practice. Um, uh, uh, a very weird game, the Jazz um, being the Rockets to go 4-0, but we'll get to that in just a minute. And before we do that, big news, guys. Big news, everyone. Dragon Squatch has changed, legally changed his name. Please welcome to the podcast, Meta Cox. What's up, Meta? I'm just, a, I'm just an island boy. I'm going <laughs> to island boy. And so um, uh, we are, uh, like I just said, we were talking about the undefeated uh, Utah Jazz Um as as we've probably seen a thousand of these, raise your hand if your team is the only undefeated team in the NBA. Um, so the Jazz um, uh, go into Houston, um, probably one of the top five Jazz rivals, um, and they just wipe the floor with this team that um, uh, is, is is the Houston Rockets. We, we talked about in the offseason, not going anywhere. We're not surprised. Um, the Jazz beat them by thirty some odd points. Um, Jared, um, uh, I mean. There's not very much to talk about the game in itself. Yeah, but... I don't think there's much you can take away from the game in particular. Uh, um, I, I, I have one takeaway, but um, you know, let's talk. The Jazz are four zero, um, but the Jazz mm-hmm. haven't looked like they played very crisp. I guess um, as people pointed out, um, how, do, you, do you have any feelings about that? Well, um, it is kind of weird that Donovan. Uh, I don't know. It's just. I think we talked about it last week. Donovan just hasn't seemed uh, up to his usual standard. I mean, even if, even when he plays poorly, it feels like he's usually a little bit better than he's playing right now. So I don't know. We we didn't really get to see him play full minutes tonight either. So who knows uh, what he would what he would have looked like tonight? But he was like five of twelve, and I don't know. I mean, yeah, tonight tonight um, obviously it's just whatever. It's it's. It's uh, um, what's it called? Uh, just just a throwaway game, so nothing to worry about there. But yeah, uh, Logan, um, uh, anything that you want to add to about either Donovan's struggles or the Jazz quote unquote struggles in the in the early season here? Uh, I mean, I, yeah, it just feels repetitive to say, but I mean, we just haven't gotten great Don yet, and I don't think we've really gotten great Mike Conley yet. Like, I don't. He's but then again, Mike Conley's like kind of sneaky good so i guess if you look at the stats and look at the box scores, it doesn't seem like i mean it's just interesting that we played so well and beat these teams that we still haven't i would say unlocked unlocked two of our top three players so 
that's been positive. I mean, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't really take anything negative from it. I mean, I think again, the, the Rockets game is a throwaway game, and the the Oklahoma City game was the first game of the season, so it's good to get the jitters out. But then the other two were good wins. The Sacramento one actually looks like a good win, and uh, the Nuggets. Um, I guess they did. They lost. They lost Joker. They lost the Joker there too. So I don't know. It's been, it's been weird, but I mean they've they've handled their business, so I can't really complain. I mean, right? There's they nothing say, to really be negative about. So they they say four knows four and right? Like you know, win's a win regardless. Uh, you know. Yeah, and, and and I think three. I would say three of those four have been re- fairly convincing, and I think the Sacramento one was good in that they they weren't playing well. They seem to be rattled because evidently Joe Ingles is the most important player in the history of the jazz and when he gets kicked out of the game they all shit themselves and can't function so um it was good to see them rally rally in that game uh i mean you, you, you know that you know that thing set me off like so much like i get so irritated with this i mean god forbid they have to like have some have some <laughs> and I, I, that's the thing is we it, it's twitter says it and also bowler jack said it so it, i don't know if it's really the way the team feels but if you can't handle your Eighth or seven, six or seventh, eighth, fifth best player getting kicked out, and you just rattles you that badly. It's just, I just, I don't buy into that stuff. But I'm going off a tangent; it doesn't matter. But they still were able to pull it together on on a, on a night. The Sacramento one was the night that felt like the old Jazz would have just choked away and we would have just been pissed off. For they still managed to find a way to to get it done, and it, would, it didn't ever really feel. I don't know. It felt me, like that's what they're supposed to do. Let me channel my uh, inner Kelly Kapoor here. Um, uh, with I mean, if everybody has questions, I have a question. First off, how dare you? Um, according to the national media outlets, ESPN especially, Joe Ingles is part of the Jazz Big Three, um, as um, Meta told us before the before the <laughs> the podcast here. So, you know, when you lose your third best player, that's a, that's a big deal. So. Um, That's true. My bad. My bad. He is, the, he is the third best player. I forgot. Yeah, and uh, I, uh, con- contradicted myself. Uh, I don't know. Has Conley like Conley didn't have a great game against Houston here, but um, I feel I feel like he's like he hit some like he's hit timely threes. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm I'm gonna read this tweet from uh, at Jerem Moore here. He goes, honestly, Conley is so good. There's just anything to say. There isn't anything to say. His role isn't to go 30-15 or anything, but to be the catalyst and make the Jazz go. And he's been beyond superb so far, and the Jazz do look pretty good when he's out there running, like just being out there, because um, he's a threat to, like just like, early that first quarter, like um, in multiple games, I want to say against the Kings and uh, the Nuggets, like him, uh, he he started the Jazz off hitting some big threes um, in both those games, I want to say. Um, so like he's not putting up like huge like twenty and ten stats, but uh, or, or you know stats from twenty ten, but uh, yeah, like him, uh, I I think Conley's been pretty good. Um, the Jazz. I don't know. I don't know if this um uh, like because I don't watch a lot of other basketball because I just don't have the time. But um, I, is it just like you know we're the fourth game of the season? Like maybe all teams are looking pretty rough to start with or pretty ragged. They're not great. Like I, I saw a tweet today that the Grizzlies were like the number one in offense, but last in defense, which is not something you would expect from a a, a Memphis Grizzlies team. Um, so maybe maybe just this, maybe it's just like the whole NBA. We're like you know just trying to get into it. Maybe it's still. You know, maybe still preseason for some of these guys, um, but yeah, like the yeah. I mean, I, I don't. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think Conley. I mean, I think that Donovan has actually teetered on struggled, and we still won. Whereas Conley, I think, I think that your your guy laid it out pretty perfectly. He's been really good. He's been he hasn't been bad, but it also yeah. hasn't been one of those situations where like Mike Conley took over and won a game. You know, so he it's right. just and he doesn't have to. I'm just saying that, like that's another weapon in the arsenal. Yeah. So we reserve yeah, that for uh, Rudy Gobert. And that's, 
Yeah, I mean that's yeah. and that's just that's kind of interesting. Just how Clay kind of quietly manages things, and he is the he's the key to a championship because if he has a healthy hamstring, we win the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> um, and uh, this is going to be the Jazz's first back to back, I think. Um, so there's a chance that the Jazz won't have Michael Conley in uh, either the Bulls game or the or the Bucks game. So because mm. um, uh, you know it's the first back to back, and uh, that was kind of one of the things, right? Was Last year they they didn't play him in back to backs. Um, and what, he, what do you guys think? I think the Bulls seem more beatable, so he probably plays the first game and not the second. I mean, the Bulls were undefeated until tonight, so the, I mean the Bulls aren't aren't bad. Like, like no, they're not yeah. bad, but I just think so, that they're not as good as the Bucks. That's just my maybe opinion. maybe because uh, I don't know if Drew Holiday is back either. Like that's part of the way the Bucks the Bucks has been struggling is that Drew True. Holiday has been kind of in and out. So um, I mean the Bucks have been more beatable. Uh, I mean, they got Giannis. And, you know, that, Mike Conley's not really going to solve the Giannis problem, but um, it depends, I guess. Um, uh, I mean, uh, let me um, uh, type into the old Google machine here and see, uh, is, is Google machine like a really old term? Like, um, uh, do only people who are like near 40 say that? Yeah, I, I don't think young people say Google machine. Yeah. It's a, it's I've never a... heard of Google machine until now. <laughs> but it'll be fine. It'll be fine because we've got Jer- we've got Gerard Butler now, and he's uh, actually got official N- NBA points. I am going now to now, write now down he's got official NBA points. Jared Butler, because I got some stuff to talk about that there. Uh, what I will say, if I, what I will take from the Houston Rocket games, um, is that um, uh, uh, Quinn Snyder, you know, a, a slave to his uh, his rotations, did not play his starters in the last eight minutes of the game. So that's pretty cool. Um, I, I was really scared. Like the Jazz at the end of the third quarter, like let the Rockets go on a sixteen-two run or something like that. And I was like, "Great, you know, we're gonna see, we're gonna see these starters play um, uh, way more minutes than they should." Um, in, in a blowout like this, like how comfortable? Like I asked this question last year and got some responses, but uh, Jared, like, if a game's going this way, you're up by you know, say twenty at the beginning of the fourth quarter. How long do you play your starters for in the fourth quarter? Uh, I mean. I guess it kind of depends on how the game is trending. Uh, but if it looks like you've got it well in hand, I would want to sit them. Eight minutes left seems like a good spot. Uh, Logan, do you have a different answer? Um, I asked you guys a question last week about playing time and injuries, and you guys both just didn't answer my question. So I'm going to return <laughs> the favor, and I'm not going to answer your question. Um, I honestly no, don't remember. I, I, asked you, I asked you guys if you thought that the, the rest thing was more about the minutes cumulatively stacking up, and like if you save three minutes here and four minutes there, if it means more in the end, or if you if you rest guys because you're afraid of them, the more time on the court means more likely to have an injury. Because I, I don't, I, I don't, I don't think the end game minutes, like I just don't think it matters. I don't, I think as far as like a rest perspective, I don't think they get rest. I think you're you're dodging bullets with every time they're on the court, there could be a rolled ankle or something bad happening. Because I don't think that like, I mean, if they, let's think about it, they they saved if they saved eight minutes tonight, what does that really mean? Uh, they like they don't really like physically get themselves up for the game, and I don't know, these guys are. I, I think if you rest guys for entire games, it means more than just saving minutes. As far as I don't know, I, I just don't know if that translates all that much for these. Yeah, guys. Yeah, because I, I think you're asking this question because like I think this is something that came up last year was that people were really upset when Quinn would like keep his starters in to like the last three minutes of the game when they've been up by twenty most of the game, right? And mm-hmm. there's a lot of people who were like, "Oh man, they they need to see these guys more because." You know, the, a lot of people were making the argument of an extra three or four minutes a game is, is rest. And on one well, hand, I guess like I'm a, maybe there's a mentality thing because like I remember there was a game that Joe Ingles was like, 
on the sideline getting ready to be iced or whatever with like about seven, you know, six minutes left. And he's just like, he's bullshitting around with people on the sideline and Snyder calls him in. And, and like, I remember Joe just having this like surprise, like, Oh shit, I need to go in. And you know, he's a professional. And so he gets and checks in or whatever. And I think he played maybe two more minutes and then he had to go back out again. But you know, it, it might be a little bit, I'm, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm trying to put myself in a professional athlete's, uh, mindset like maybe it's more of a mindset thing like okay cool we're up with eight minutes you, you know it's like the end of a, a long work day like okay cool it's the last half hour of work i don't have to you know really give a fuck right now and you know I'm, that's what most jobs are not my job but um uh yeah like um, you get ready and you just kind of wind down and like you try to get yourself in that mindset and then if all of a sudden something happens you have to get back in that kind of throws you off and maybe and i don't know there's that part of it but i think to your point it probably is correct that you, you don't want it was the same thing happened in what game one when we talked about Rudy and Mike were at the scores table when the Jazz were up by double digits and you know it looked like the tr- game was trending t- towards the Jazz just running away with it and then Donovan's like had a slight ankle turn and that like was like whoa hold on a minute and I, I think there's that that back opponent to it too but yeah I don't I don't know I don't know if the extra three minutes per game um, really helps uh, physically. Because uh, I get what you're saying is, you know, well, where's personally, I think it's a cumulative thing because um, I don't know how much you guys care about the statistically speaking of somebody's prime when it comes to, you know, how many NBA minutes cumulative over the course of their career is, quote unquote, their prime and, you know, extending primes of a player, etc. cetera. Uh, but typically, I mean, the more it's just it's you've got to think of it like tread on tread on tires and personally i think that the more minutes you can shave off here and there i think that does uh, usually end up a help for a healthier team this is my personal opinion okay. but i mean and then yeah those, those are I don't know that it's smart to be angry about it though per se it's just i mean no i mean that, that's a i mean that that is i think that's what Logan's asking like there are people out there who, you know, you're the tread on tires guy. And I'm, there's people out there who believe that. And for me, I, I, I don't, I don't quite know. Cause it, the way Logan phrased the question is like, does an extra two minutes a game shaving off uh, your, your, you know, two minutes a game, if you can get an extra two minutes of rest, how much benefit does that really give you? And honestly, I, I, the way he asked, I'm like, I'm not quite sure. Like, I don't, I don't know if that, like Rudy and Donovan or Ru- Rudy probably saved himself four five minutes today by not coming out in the fourth quarter or not coming back in the fourth quarter i don't know if that means a lot but it also means that he didn't go out there and twist an ankle in the last four minutes of the game so um because you know the yeah, way- I mean, uh, yeah i mean i mean i don't know that i, I wouldn't say i'd call it research because i don't really research i'll call it like quasi <laughs> you, relaxed research do you, just go, do you go by like facebook yeah. comments and twitter comments yeah pretty much that's how no, I, no, I, I, I actually i actually do I did. I did. I did actually do a little bit of reading on it and did some thinking on it. I just think that I think it's more about. I think it's more of a dodge bullet situation because every time you're out there, you have a chance to hurt yourself because the, like, just the. I mean, the minutes that's true they could stack up, but you're getting more bang for your buck. I think that you're seeing that. I think that's why you started to see the trend that still exists, and that is the sitting of players. The fact that Mike Conley is openly saying he's not playing back-to-backs. I think when you give guys an entire game off, I think that's a lot more beneficial than saving two or three minutes here and there. If we're talking about a 
a tread because there's definitely some validity to the, the tread on the tire, but I think it's more about, you know, what it takes to give them, give them an entire night off or a couple nights off as, as some of the NBA players have talked about, I know it's came up a lot and there were some, there were some different players and I won't say their names for fear of being banished on jazz, jazz podcast, Twitter, but they had just met, they had just mentioned that, you know, the preparation that goes into play a game for them starts at like, you know, first thing in the morning. And so resting a couple minutes in the game doesn't do much for them. But if you're gonna give me an entire game off, that's a whole different a whole different mindset. So I don't know. We we, we saw we saw like Kawhi and the Spurs were kind of the first ones to do it. So Yeah, and uh, I think it kind of depends on the player too, right? I mean, because yeah. I think but some Either way, we all agree they shouldn't be in the game. And I'm more about dodging a bullet. Some weird, you know, ankle, knee. Like, I just don't want to take any chances. And and, and also, I think last year the Jazz were hurt pretty heavily in the last couple of years by not being able to develop these young guys for not getting them any run. And it is. It's, it's that weird balance when you're now contending. How do you how do you develop and how do you also, um, I don't know. I just know that some of those really good Warriors teams and even the Bucks the last couple of years were able to blow teams out with their – let some of those backup guys get some run, and I think that helps, you know, not, not over. I think those guys are able to come in and play minutes and maybe develop a little better than than uh, getting zero minutes all the time. But yeah. That's kind of a well-dust statement. But cause I've heard some people argue also, too, like if you're running all four of the – all five of the – if you're running 10 through 15 out there, is that really getting any practice? But I still think it's reps. I think someone like Jared Butler is important because – he was struggling the first three games. He wasn't getting a lot of run, but he wasn't the same guy that everyone saw in the preseason. So even though it was kind of mop-up time, I think it maybe helped him see the ball go in the bucket. So For sure. Yeah, you get some confidence, um, you know, get, get some real NBA minutes. Yeah, I am. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, that's interesting. That, I mean, we have this conversation a lot. Like, um, uh, we've talked about um, them, like their minutes, their rotations, all this stuff, getting the extra rest. And uh, yeah, that that's a it's interesting uh, interesting conversation we just had there, um, but um, uh, yeah, we we we're gonna go on move on to um, the Jazz. They looked good, like I said, four four zero is four zero. Uh, the only undefeated team, like um, the Warriors and the Bulls, also played uh, the same night the Jazz and the Rockets did. Uh, the Bulls lose a one point game to the Knicks. Um, the Warriors, uh, I surprisingly, I, I was doing some work. I look up and like this game is in overtime, and the 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 Memphis Grizzlies, I believe, came back from at least double digits um, and won uh, by three points in overtime. Um, you know, very, very another close game. I mean, Grizzlies Warriors is turning into a, a fun rivalry uh, the past couple of years. So uh, that leaves the Jazz as the only. If you haven't heard, if you haven't seen on Twitter, maybe uh, the Jazz are the only undefeated team left in the uh, in the NBA at four zero, um, which is uh, I, uh, they're they're the. Sorry, excuse me. Let me start over. Start over. They are undefeated for the first time since like 2008, 2009. Um, a little surprising because the, the Jazz have been semi-good since then. But maybe that just means being 4-0 is not, not as easy as people think because, um, uh, yeah, like it's it's been a long time. Even the Jazz team last year uh, started 1-2, and two, I want to say. So um, how do you guys well, you, you said the 4-0 for, You said 4-0 for the first time since 2008? Yeah. Did you? Well, I don't know. I don't know if it was you or Jedi and Germs that said it, but I think that they two and zero was the first time they were two and zero also since two thousand eight. <laughs> so, so, which is kind of, which is very weird. To yeah, think about like, that the Jazz more. can't win two games at the beginning of the season. So yeah. uh, this is the best start the Jazz have had in in a long time, right? Um, uh, they they haven't been five and zero in a while either. I, I want to say that the same year they went two and zero, they were probably five and zero as well. Um, 
but uh, yeah, so if they can beat the Bulls on Saturday, they can go five and zero. Um, but um, uh, again, I'm a Jared. Um, at what point do you start planning your parade route for um? Uh, uh, what record? What regular season record do you start planning your parade route? Uh, I probably don't, just because it's regular season and I, I've been burnt. Okay. By regular season. Logan, Logan, uh, same question. Um, uh, twenty-two and zero. Twenty-two and zero. I mean, yeah. gosh, if they, if wait, they wait, could wait, just... no, how about twenty-seven and zero? I'll change my answer. <laughs> because like I, I think. Look, we're already starting to feel it, I think. I feel like we said it. It was a lot easier to say two weeks ago, like, oh, the regular season's not going to matter to us. The regular season's not going to matter. But, you know, if, if you if you can rattle off your first 10 games without a loss and maybe not even playing your best ball. But... Oh, man, I'm going to start feeling confident. If we, it's, uh, I, I can't let them suck me back in. <laughs> Here, here's, here's, the, here's the trick, Jared. Jared, here's the trick. When they start to suck you in, you don't even have to go as far back as Terrence Mann, which is easy to do. <laughs> all you, all you got to remember is two words, and that is Will Barton. That's just think, just think Will Barton, and know that you know what we've still got some things to work out. So true, very true. We could have lost that game to Will and Barton. <laughs> so yeah, the Jazz are um, doing well, uh, and you know part of it is the the off season acquisitions. Uh, if this is not the best offseason the Jazz have ever had, it's at least the second best offseason the Jazz have ever had. Uh, a couple guys, new guys that are, are playing for the Jazz that are playing well. Whiteside, who um, is making people forget whoever the backup center was last year. I can't remember even who it was anymore. Um, and then uh, <laughs> I hate you. You're such you're such a monster. <laughs> Favors was a pa- Favors was a power forward, so it's fine. He's not talking about Favors. It was. <laughs> It was uh, Adoka. I don't know who was sent back. Yeah, somebody, probably a Davis or something. Jeff Green. Who 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 was behind? Who did we have on the team last year behind Favors? But um, uh, like again, again. So the Adoka was really the only other guy we had. People really need to go scrub their timelines because, from what I remember, people were bashing the hell out of Hassan Whiteside when he was not a Jazz man. And three games in, people are building him statues and already (laughs) proclaiming the "Once the Jazz Man" mantra. Uh, for when they <laughs> believe that uh, Whiteside's going to leave at some point, so um, and not have his uh, jerseys retired in the rafters. So I, I don't know. I don't know if I'd go that far. Yeah, if, if, say, we, if we if we win a championship, would Whiteside get his jersey retired? That'd be insane. <laughs> yeah, we'd build a sta- we'd build a statue. Everybody, uh, would, would that, <laughs> it'll, it'll be a statue that's been moved. Wouldn't it be something if Rudy like went out in the first round of the playoffs, like he had some injury, and like all of a sudden Whiteside steps in and would go win a championship? Like, oh my god! <laughs> Honestly. If if we win a championship and there isn't a Hassan Whiteside meme museum in Salt Lake City, I will be distraught because that guy has so many amazing memes. I just he's like one of the mo- he's probably the most memeable player easily that we've ever had. I guess uh, Jared, not, always, not always not always for good reasons. Jared, no, um, no, uh, no. I I I don't know. Like, were, were you a uh, uh... Hassan detractor. Um, uh, yes, I was. That back Absolutely. in the day, like I mean, yeah. What were your concerns with Hassan um, uh, back in the day, and how has he changed uh, your opinions of him now? Well, I think my biggest problem with him is he uh, he makes a lot of plays that seem like they're individual plays. Like he'd be going for the block to to just get the stat. You know, he, he's a very stat oriented guy. And that was the, all his comments and takes and stuff like that from early in his career. That's always what it 
boiled down to. And that is what uh, Miami fans hated about him, is that he was like a me-first guy, not into the team thing. And he was always looking to get his. And, and it didn't matter if, you know, they got the ball back, but he got the block. He got credited for the block. So that, that was apparent. I, I'm trying to remember. Oh, okay. The specific instance that everybody seemed to hate so much with Hassan is is how much he cared about his NBA 2K rating. And just like I just remember that there was a swirling conversation. And the biggest thing that it seemed like was the problem is this was around when Rudy was starting to get Defensive Player of the Year buzz and Whiteside was getting a shine at the same time. So people – it's the same old story. Whenever a jazz player – is pitted against another player like jazz Twitter and, you know, jazz fans will immediately turn on that player. Yeah. And, you know, obviously I'm guilty of following the crowd, especially more back then. Um, uh, I just want to say fuck Royce O'Neal for, for um, <laughs> uh, caring about his um, NBA 2K rating. Um, meta. Uh, meta. Is that Royce too? Did Roy, Royce did the same thing? Royce, is, Royce, is, Royce tweets out Ronnie 2K asking for his rating and stuff. Oh, uh, for real? Oh, yeah. Royce is, Royce <laughs> I is, didn't know that. Royce, Royce loves knowing what his, what his rating is in uh, preseason and stuff and um, uh, trying to get that raised. Um, so fuck that guy. Um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, meta here. Um, I don't I don't know if I'm, uh, you have an opinion on Hassan before he was a jazz man or not. Uh, well, I think it's honestly, become more of a, an accepted norm now because I think more and more players are that way. Yeah. They're interested in their rating and everything. So. But um, meta, after uh, uh, hearing what Jared had talked about, like Hassan's, like, because – what Jared said, I asked Jared because I know that he would accurately reflect what people I saw on Twitter um, felt about Hassan, and that th- those are those are accurate feelings that I, I um, uh, witnessed. Um, but I don't know if you had a, a take on Hassan Whiteside before he became before he became a jazz man. Um, but um, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, we kind of touched on when they brought him in, and that was like when he was when he was. I know that when uh, he was in Miami, it had a kind of a kind of a second coming situation, right? Like he was a I I know, I remember, yeah, yeah, and so it was kind of a, out of nowhere. Like, here's the next big guy, and so like, yeah, oh, he was like the second round pick or something. It was a crazy story. Yeah, it's a weird. It's a, and I think he was like out of the NBA for a minute too. And then yeah, I can't, yeah. but it's it's kind of it's kind of an interesting story. So he, I thought, okay, you know, he's 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 kind of an up and coming dude. Didn't pay much attention to him, you know, just because I I I don't pay a ton of attention. I didn't get a bit you know angry angry about him, you know, ch- challenging our Lord and Savior Rudy Gobert, but it doesn't. Um, I, I guess I was more concerned with how he ended up on his, you know, the third team he was on with Sacramento and how badly that appeared to go. That probably gave me more cause to pause than anything because it seemed like a guy who had a lot of potential. And like, again, I've heard the same thing Jared said too, where he was kind of a, ch- a stat chaser and maybe the blocks were not were kind of hollow numbers because they were actually, you know, he, he was trying to make block too many shots and actually giving up more points. So, I mean, I've heard the criticisms of him, but um, I think that, uh, I think the most important thing is the role he's in, and, and I saw jazz. I saw the, I think the jazz jargon was going to war today for him, and I, I could I liked about a hundred of his tweets because he was he was just laying it out for everybody. He's like he's on a minimum contract, and he's a backup. But he's not. This is not. This is not an expectation he's ever had before. So you're not you're not expecting him to go in and play 30, 40 minutes. You're just expecting him to be a backup center to Rudy. So I don't think I think it's a a win win when you watch him play. Um, I've tried to make a concerted effort this year to watch defense and figure out what's going on. It does, it, does, it does appear many times as though on the defensive end, Whiteside is just kind of wandering and not <laughs> not always following the play like he's supposed to. 
it definitely feels like there's some moments where he's just kind of out of it. Um, we're not doing everything he could. So the optimist in me says perhaps he can even he can even fine tune those things even more and get even better. Um, I think defensively it's been okay. I think it's funny that plus minus is like subjective only if it works to our advantage. So as we were talking up uh, Mike Connolly as the plus minus god last year, Whiteside's plus minuses have been good and Rudy's have been more pedestrian. But now that's a stat that doesn't matter anymore because it doesn't favor <laughs> certain players. So um, again, again, it's again it's only four games, but it's 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 just. I think what well, anyways, I, I think he's I think he's got he can even continue to grow defensively and help the Jazz. And what I do find interesting, I know I joked about this on the first one, but he's much better offensively than Rudy is as far as like touching the ball and actually catching the ball. And and I, I saw a couple of in, interesting instances where um, it, it appears as though some of the guys like Connolly and um, Joe Ingles already seem to have a, even more confidence giving the ball to uh, Whiteside in certain spots that they wouldn't give it to Rudy. And I think I saw like in game three where uh, like Joe Ingles made some passes that he no longer makes to Rudy anymore for fear of the fumble drop, bobble out of bounds. But they, they seem to trust the ball in, in Whiteside's hands, which I think is may not mean anything. It doesn't mean a lot in the long run, I guess, because he's not going to play enough to have a great offensive impact. But just one of those funny things you pick up on that they, they seem to have more confidence with him with the ball again. None of them are going to be like, you know, Shaq or Akeem offensively, but it is, it is interesting. So maybe they can rub off on each other. Maybe, maybe uh, Rudy can rub off on Whiteside and get him to play defense the entire time and pay attention. And maybe, um, you know, Whiteside can teach Rudy how to catch a fucking ball because he is terrible. His hands are terrible. His hands are terrible, guys. Come on now. Like, and I even tweeted something out about his hands being terrible and how analytically that's not correct. But come on, we all have eyes. And like, it's just, his hands are so it, it, it his hands are so rough. And you don't you, you don't notice until you see someone like Whiteside who's just as big and like makes a coordinated play and a coordinated catch. There's always it was always a blame, right? The pass was bad. The pass is bad. Well, I saw, I saw I saw Hassan scooping up the same short pass and doing something with just just skipping hop and. No, Hassan definitely has better hands for sure. He's always yeah. been to me. He's always had the edge over Rudy offensively, which I mean, it's pretty clear, honestly, and watching. Watching the two of them on the same team, yeah, it's just—it's yeah. just been interesting to watch. It looks like the guys have some faith in him when he's in the game, you know, when he's when he's cutting to the basket, rolling to the basket. Like, it is kind of an interesting wrinkle, right? So, uh, it may not mean any—it may, may, may not mean anything in the long run. It's just kind of an interesting observation to watch the way that they—they they seem to be. I guess the positive takeaways maybe there's chemistry developing there quicker and faster than we hope. So yeah, and uh, you know the 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 negative Rudy Gobert and plus minus probably just means the starters are are, are failing him or Donovan's tanking him uh, those numbers for Rudy. Uh, no George Yang to to help Rudy's minutes out when he's out there with the backup. So um, a lot of things change, but um, it's all working out for Whiteside. So honestly, I wish I could. I almost want to take that audio and tag like twenty people on Twitter with it because like. I feel like there are consistently the same people always pumping that narrative. It's like everyone else is failing Rudy. Rudy is infallible. Da, 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 da. And it's just like, man. Well, um, you got you guys are aware that uh, you guys are aware that seven for fourteen from the free throw line is actually a positive true shooting percentage. <laughs> I learned that on Twitter the other day. So. <laughs> um... And, and also in the Olympics, also in the Olympics, when we bricked half of his free throws, it was told that he get one point every possession, and that's really a good thing. So, um, yeah, that, yeah, that's good in a vacuum, but that's not real life. But, All right, let's talk, um, let's talk about the Matt Thomas trade well, order. Uh... You're, you're, you're not going to let us. He's, he's not going to let us go full in on the Rudy thing. He's just going <laughs> to 
I'm gonna keep us at bay. Keep us at bay. I, I, I have I have a question for you though. Who is I've been thinking about this a lot today. Who's more polarizing on Twitter of the Jazz players? Because clearly the two most polarizing players, at least in my mind, are JC and Rudy, right? Oh yeah. Uh, like, which yeah, one? I think you're probably right. I mean, Whiteside was probably in in the mix. Yeah, I was gonna, for well, a minute, Whiteside, Whiteside But now he's top. now he's, he's like he's the it? darling. It's yeah, crazy. He's, he's like, yeah, I think he's still in the top three. There's still a lot of hate out there. There's, it's like sneaky hate. They're like afraid to hate. It's like uh, the MAGA. It's but like the, the MAGA. But, up. Yeah, but the white side. Uh... It's, 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 it's very MAGA style. They're going to wait till election day and then show their true colors. <laughs> but you can sense I, something. I actually growing. believe that. I totally believe that. Uh, the most polarizing out of Rudy or JC? Probably JC. Because like, here's the thing. like Rudy's going to – like JC actually has a chance for something to change. Uh, for lack of a better term, like I'm not saying he's gonna get traded, but like if you told me in, in three months, like hey, 100%, one of these two are traded, which one is gonna be? I think it's gonna be it's JC. That's just honestly, so. I am 100% agreeing with who because yeah. the most polarizing man on Jazz Twitter 100% wants to trade Jordan Clarkson because he's the most polarizing player. So that's genius. And well, I, I mean, I, yeah, I just think I just think he's the most. I think his game. I, I mean, off the court, he seems like a cool dude, which we run oh, into yeah. the ground. And he does. He, he does seem very cool, and it bothers me how cool he is because I want to be, uh, you know, negative about it. But he's just he's, he's a badass. Um, but on the court, his play is the one that seems to divide Jazz fans more than anybody else. Whereas Rudy is like, you know, it's like I'd say Rudy's like 70, 30, 80, 20. The irony being, I think on an NBA scale, scale by NBA fans, NBA heads, Rudy is far more polarizing and controversial in the opposite way and, and oh, jc absolutely. is and jc is more viewed as the guy right like because like, jc's kind like of funny cool and laid back and rudy's cut part of it is like because i mean maybe because he's out like a uh you know from france um and so the thing is rudy's kind of a weird guy anyway like he's into like absolutely he's into like crystals and i don't know what that means but like like and that, yeah, that, and that that's part i of don't problem. understand like, that either like like he's like you know and I, 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 this is gonna like it's cool that he's into that. That's fine, but because it's not like mainstream or something that I can't relate to, and I sh- I'm assuming a lot of people can't relate to, it just pushes. Then this is why like there's that like. Except for the niche Rudy stands who are like, I have to be in a crystal too because my Lord and Savior. Right, right. Rudy we, we, we we we, we talked about like kind of the beginning of the year how. Like that BYU game, right? Like the whole team yeah. goes and everybody – this is, goes back to the Don versus Rudy stuff. Like everybody seems to love Don because Don is sort of outgoing. He's friendly. Don's young and like he just he just kind of gets people together. And I kind of like tongue-in-cheek tweeted out, huh, I didn't see Rudy in those pictures. And maybe Rudy just was like, you know, like he likes him. But there are days where I, I want to be by, my, by myself too. Like I, I want to be isolated. I don't want to go hang out with my coworkers or even friends. And uh, yeah, I think Rudy's more of a loner. Yeah, he does. So, yeah, like that—that's kind of his personality. So um, uh, that—that's sort of like is why, like, you know, if, if someone came at Don, you know, half the team, you know, well, I mean, half the NBA players would co- come to his defense because they like Don. They hang out with him. They—they they see, like, Don lives like the you know regular NBA life while Rudy Gobert does not. So. Um, I don't know if that answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I, I was definitely thinking, you know, these guys just play on the court. I wasn't thinking about the personalities and the TMZ juicy stuff. But now that we're going to go there, I'm all in on this. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I, here, here's the billion dollar question: If you're if you're if you're at a party with your lady, because I think who brought this up last week? If you're at a party with your lady, who do you trust them with the most? 
Is it Rudy or is it Don? Rudy, man. Not 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 your not your lady, but the, the personality. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, here's. A... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's definitely Rudy. <laughs> I mean, because well, the thing is, I also feel like Rudy, um, just like personality wise. I feel like he's just like a trustworthy sort of dude. Like I don't—that's the vibe he gives me. So what are you saying about and, Donovan? <laughs> we had this. We've had this conversation. Uh, I don't know. We ever had on the in the public. Oh podcast no, we setting. have. No, no. Who, um, Logan, Logan. Well, we we kind of went on this thing about how we never know, like if Donovan's kind of you know playing his cards and laying things all exactly perfectly how he wants them to look and. Donovan is very meticulous about how he presents himself. And so the thing is, I mean, when you're kind of the guy that Donovan is, you know, when you're that personal, personable personality guy that everybody's kind of looking to, and it's like, oh, I love this guy, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, there's a little, there's more nuance there. And there's some, you know, there's some doubts. Like, well, I mean, can I always trust this guy? Does this guy always have you know, everyone's best interest at heart or is he, is he like most human beings and in it for himself or out for himself? Yeah, I hope Donovan does listen to this because um, uh, in three years he's going to be gone. So. Um, never coming off. Uh, the, 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 one, the one thing I will say for Don is he has grown and developed. Uh, I was a little nervous his first couple of years that he had a very strong Russell Wilson vibe and I did not like that at all. It was very oh, uncomfortable because Russell Wilson is very uncomfortable. But, 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 but Don has thrown out some curses. He's... Uh, He's also, you know, he had his little, she's had his shack running. He showed a little more attitude where it's not as cookie cutter clean as it was before. So, you know, good for him for just embracing being a normal person and not a creepy Russell Wilson. So I apologize <laughs> for the four, the four Seahawks slash jazz fans who listen to this, but you know, as well as I do that Russell is Wilson that, is a big dork. He's a big dork and he's very weird. Logan's called me, Logan's called me the Russell Wilson of his life many times, which is very weird. Um, yeah. that, kind of strange like is that that sounds like an insult based on the way you just described oh, russell wilson maybe it is maybe it isn't it, it um, definitely was <laughs> hey i'm mark and this is doug what's up and we're co-hosts of a weekly podcast on the utah jazz called twos and threes it's available on apple spotify stitcher and wherever else you get podcasts on your feed every monday morning Mark's my big brother, and you could say this podcast is a family affair, but really, we think of the jazz and jazz nation as our family. So we'd love for you to participate with us to listen, and really, let's do this together. Go jazz. Go jazz. Be our family. Boom. Uh, we, we got So we got done. We, we did this whole long spiel about Whiteside uh, being the best backup center for the jazz ever. And now I'm a you know the winner of the the Matt Thomas second round trade uh, award goes to Eric Pascal. Uh, I'm even going to start calling him his, um, uh, his real name instead of Pascal uh, from from uh, Tangled. But um, uh, Pascal's um, played very well. Uh, he's got a lot of playing time because Rudy Gay. We assume because Rudy Gay um, uh, is injured, so those we assume those were going to be Rudy Gay minutes to start the year. Um, and uh, Pascal has shown like why he was so good. Uh, he wasn't just playing with scrub. Like I, I was wrong. Like um, uh, I didn't know how good he was, because I saw him on that really bad Warriors team, and he's coming. He's shown some uh, defensive tenacity. Uh, he's he's shown um, uh, he's shown more than just like just 
on-court ability, but the personality that people, like, you know, the junkyard dog that people have sort of missed from this team, the the Trevor Bookers, the... The Demar um, Carrolls. Yeah, DeMar, Demar Carrolls. Oh, I, thought you said, I thought you said R. My, the thing cut off, I thought you said R. Kelly. R. Yep, yeah. he, yep. <laughs> yep, he's, he's going to piss on the opponents. Oh, my um, And so uh, he's going to pee in their mouths. And so, um, yeah, so Eric Pascal, and, and I, I think you guys were very excited about uh, Pascal. Um, uh, like Logan, you talked about him, uh, you know, being rookie, that not rookie team and all that stuff. Um, so the question is, though, like people say, oh, he's earned playing time, he's earned playing time. And I think there's a, there's a large, large contingent of Jazz fans who, who think that, oh, Rudy Gay gets back, that Rudy Gay is also going to get slotted into this rotation. And that we're going to see minutes with Rudy Gay and Eric Pascal. Like, how do you see that working out when Rudy Gay uh, gets healthy enough to play? Who are you asking? Uh, Meta, you. Um, it's also said on me too that they just named Facebook after Ron Artest, which is awesome. Maybe I will get back on Facebook. <laughs> um, well, which I think Ron Artest. I've, I've been running that joke again. this whole podcast. Well, they changed it to Meta with one T. He's Meta with two Ts. I, th- so. I think I think Ron Ron changed his name again though. I thought I saw something about that. Meta, I don't know. Anyways, Meta Allison no Palace. Yeah, Meta no piece. Um, I what was even the question? Um, <laughs> I was asking him about Eric Pascal and like so with Rudy Gay coming back. You know, a lot of people kind of think you just you just saw Rudy Gay in there and Eric Pascal at the same time or have Landis with them in it. I I have my opinions. I'm uh, how do you feel about when Rudy Gay gets back? Like what happens to Eric Pascal? Does his minutes well, get cut or does Rudy Gay just take we- minutes from everybody else? Well, when do we think that Rudy Gay comes back? We have no uh, idea. That's, that, let, let, let's say, no, let's that, say that's, the thing I, that's the thing I wonder about because, I mean, honestly, as, as terrible as this sounds, like if, he, if he's not back for a while, I'm you know, there's a good, there's a good, I mean, it, my... It, it, here's, here's my thing. I think there's a lot of old dudes on the Jazz. Like there's old guys. There's guys who need not minutes off, but they need games off. So you've got Connolly, you've got Ingles off the top of my head. And, 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 and even in moments, um, I don't know, but I think there's people who, need some I think that they need some rest and so if Rudy I I, I say that because if Rudy if Rudy Gay comes back like next week it's not far enough into the season where it really can be spread out and distributed I think that it it becomes a logjam situation and I think that Pascal probably ends up being the odd man out unfortunately but if it's later on down the line where these guys need need a little more rest I think you can kind of feather things together yes the entire team is healthy then he's it's got to be he's probably going to be taking his minutes. They didn't bring Rudy Rudy Gay in to do that, but I would I would go back to what I've said before, and that is I w- I just wish we could see a situation where, um, uh, first of all, I think we we need to start maybe balancing giving guys rest for entire games, and if that's the case, you can then be more flexible with your lineup and give guys plenty of minutes. But in game, if if, if we're going to be the healthiest team in the NBA again, and everyone's going to be playing every game, then I just would like to see. I would like to see uh, Quinn just not be so rigid and then use different guys in different situations and just keep it kind of open. I mean, do, do we have to have Joe Ingles play 20 minutes every night? Maybe he's not the right matchup. Maybe he can play eight minutes that night. And why can't we be more flexible with it? But if you're saying if you're saying it's Quinn Snyder and the old Quinn Snyder we know, then it's got to be, you know, Pascal's the, the odd man out. And I don't even think he's playing enough minutes to, to, to kind of quantify what we think Rudy Gay came for, right? I, mean, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'll ch- I'll check his minutes in a minute. I, I did I did want to say I looked it up. Meta Sandiford Artest is his now now Meta's name. So uh, hey, I think he's, a, little, a, little, a little bit of both. Huh? I kind of I kind of hope he changes this to to like Facebook uh, World Peace next or something. <laughs> so um, amazing. Uh, J Rod uh, Wolfman. Uh, 
Um, so. so, yeah, same question. Like, Rudy A is coming back. I mean, we, I think all of us here on the podcast and many of us in, in the Jazz Twitter world assumed that Rudy Gay was going to be, you know, that eighth, ninth guy off the bench for, for Quinn Snyder. Um, for sure. But, you know, Eric Pascal's played in a, in a very good way. Uh, he, people have said he's played himself into playing time. Do you have, a, like, you know, be the coach. You know, be the coach and try to fit Rudy Gay in there and see if you have to take it from Eric or see if you, um, like, what kind of theories do you have? Like, if you were a coach, um, what could you, how would you um, fit him in? Oh, that's a good question. Um, that's what, that's what so I'm trying to work him into, like, existing lineups? Or, or... I mean, you, you, I mean, you're the coach. Like, or some what, different lineups. Like, what would you, how would you find him minutes is the question I'm asking. Well, I, I think you could experiment with uh, small ball stuff where you're either playing you're playing Rudy Gay and him together as uh, the four and five. And I think that would be an interesting, you know, dynamic to see how that would work and how it would function. Uh, I think that could be fun. Uh, but that would mean Whiteside's getting less minutes. That would mean either maybe you're giving Rudy some time off to rest. I mean, if, um, if you're playing small ball, think, if you're playing yeah. small ball, there's no Whiteside or Rudy, basically. Oh, I know, I know, but what I'm saying is, um, what I'm saying is, if you have like Whiteside as the starter and the small ball is like a sit type thing, um, you know, this is just like theoretically over the course of the season type stuff. Uh, you're given like Rudy the whole night off or whatever. So, so, so you're 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 kind of saying um, that you would rather have Rudy Gay in more of a, a like specialist, like I'm a he's. He's not going to get regular rotation minutes, but you would use him in. Oh no, no! I want him to get the majority of the minutes because I think over, he is over Eric Pascal. Pascal. Yeah, I think he's better than Pascal. Wow, um, and I mean that's personal. that's in a lot because I mean, Eric Eric has uh, really played a lot, and that that does seem to be the general consensus is that he's played really well. Uh, but you know, Logan said it like Rudy Gay was brought in here on the mid level exception contract. Uh, he's brought in here. Um, to play, you know, a, a role, um, and Eric Pascal um, has filled in and played that role that we, we assumed them Rudy Gay was going to do. Um, well, I think that um, overall, I think Rudy Gay is is the better player from what I've watched. And I used to watch, I used to watch him on the Kings. I watched him some on the Spurs. Those are some horrible Spurs teams to watch, and Rudy Gay was a bright spot, one of the best players on that team. And they're missing him sorely. They're like one and four. And I mean, they're they're obviously they lost a lot of production. They didn't just miss him. They didn't just lose him. They also lost Demar Derozan and other veteran you're talent. Talking the, but, the, you're talking about the Spurs here. Um, the Spurs, yeah. yeah. So yeah, so um, uh, so Pascal's playing about. Uh, so if you he paid 21 minutes this game against the Rockets, but he's averaging about 14, 15 minutes a game, uh, which is uh, probably about what George Yang was uh, averaging his uh, last. Uh, Year with the Jazz, uh, man. So, doesn't it feel like a big upgrade over George? Holy crap! What was that? It feels like a big up, upgrade over George. Uh, I mean, George was more of a one side of the ball guy, right? Like, uh, obviously, yeah. George was a, a better scorer than um, right uh, Pascal. Uh, but you, what you're hoping is that he's less versatile. I, I, I yeah, I yeah. think I think with the, what the hope was that with Rudy Gay, um, they could get that three point shooter or at least that outside shooter. Um, uh, someone who has an offensive game plus somebody who could, you know, play defense like um, Pascal ha- Pascal has, and uh, right. you know, pa- Pascal had a you know a good offensive game against the Rockets, but then against Denver was zero points, Sacramento three, 
Oklahoma City three. Uh, there's been talk about his three point point shot not looking pretty. I guess. Um, so honestly, your point. Um, I could see a situation where maybe he does outplay Rudy Gay and ends up earning himself, you know, a real role and. Rudy Gay ends up the old. Well, I mean, now. yeah, I, 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 this is more like first game back type thing. Is uh, what, I'm, oh. what I'm thinking. Like, I mean, if if I'm uh, in three weeks and Rudy Gay looks lost or just does, you know, if he looks like Jeff Green out there, yeah, then yeah, <laughs> then it'll be really easy to put P- Pascal um, uh, right into that. Um, hopefully, we we didn't jinx it for the Jazz fans, but um, no, I, 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 I think that to feed your. Uh, anarchy theory that you're going for here to, to, to burn it all down <laughs> i think that i think that yes gay takes eric's minutes easily but he takes more than that that's the thing is i think that Rudy really gay at least on paper with what they want him to be if he's fully healthy 25 he's, going, yeah, he, 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 he's not only taking that he's probably taking some of what, what's, what's what's butler playing every night probably seven seven eight minutes so then you got seven and you said seven fourteen you're up to 21 so i think he takes all those minutes oh, because wow. really we never put well, we never played a backup point guard last year, right? It was that we didn't play Trent Forrest last year. Nope, it was, it uh, was... Jordan uh, Donovan and uh, no, yeah, Donovan played the backup point guard last year. Donovan, yeah, just, Donovan, just, just a combination. Jordan, and, uh, Mike and and Joe, yeah. So, so I think he takes even more than that. So I, wow. I, I and maybe a little bit more. I mean, that's I, you can't imagine they bring in Rudy Gay just to play. Uh, like you were saying, the Yang. Yeah, that's not yeah. This is yeah. This is what I talked about in the offseason pods too. Like, you know, is Rudy Gay gonna? Because like I mean, he can't. You can only be so impactful in fourteen-ish minutes. Even though Pascal has done a fine job, but it gets down to it's like we get down to the fourth quarter, crunch time, and trying to stop Terrence Mann or something. And um, uh, you know, maybe you need Rudy Gay in there uh, as opposed to Boyan or Joe. Um, yeah, I think I think it just goes all back to versatility and having flexibility. I mean, that was the one right. of the big drivers between the the adversity. Quinn Snyder's Quinn Snyder's a trump card: versatility and flexibility. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, exactly. I mean, it's it's like we've said before. It's like we don't need we don't need these guys to play an entire game. You just need them in spots to, to maybe to maybe disrupt what the other team was doing. Um, and like you know, Pascal, Eric came in. I don't have to say his names. I'm trying to avoid it. Pascal. Like, it it, it rides with, 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 with Rascal. Pascal. Rascal. I'm just, I'm just calling him a little Nellyville, but that's that's all. We'll, <laughs> no, like just, the the, the band aid on his face. Like I mean, if he plays this well, he's gonna have to keep it. Like you know, what we'll, 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 how about that? We'll who, call was him, it, who was it? Who was it? Tweeting? Was it Getsev or was it? Maybe yeah. Somebody. Garrett, said, no, someone. Someone. someone we, we, we need to um. Uh, we we need to nickname him Country Grammar. How about that? Country Grammar is even better. But I mean, but, but that's the thing is, is, you know, I started to get re- very uneasy when Jokic went down and then Barton took over. I'm like, oh, we have a problem here. And then, you know, Country Grammar came in and it was, he, 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 there's a, there's a clip floating out there because jazz fans are great about isolating clips and he, he did a great job. I mean, I was like, this is what defense is. This is super easy guys. Like, this is not that complicated. I, even I understand this. L- L- Logan even tweeted out like, Hey, this is what the perimeter defense looks like. Uh, you said yeah, something. I thought, I, thought uh, there was, I, thought, I thought there was something special about it, and there's really not anything about it. It's just just in front trying, of your guy, yeah. <laughs> yeah, try, uh, trying hard. Um, in, front of, in front of your man, yeah. A novel. Think, don't don't yeah. let him. Don't don't Olay him. You know, don't don't let him yeah. be a bull. Don't don't be a red flag. Yeah, the, so. the old Olay, the old uh, Matador defense of the of the, yeah. <laughs> of the Jazz. And, 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 and speaking of highlighting clips, one of my new favorite pastimes after a Jazz game is watching. The Rudy haters go isolate a clip of, of one play where Rudy's looking very terrible and just blowing out of proportion. All while Jazz fans go find one clip and also blow it out of proportion. So it's a fun game to play. 
just the the uh, the Rudy clip. I want to call it the Rudy clip off, where we just we, we find one clip in one play and. That's great. Yeah, I mean, we all know we all know Rudy's better than that. It's just it's just funny that their their rebuttal to one clip is to drop one clip. But anyways. <laughs> yeah. Do you guys remember me running the podcast to defend Rudy Gobert versus Donovan Mitchell <laughs> I took Rudy's side? Do you guys remember that? Yeah, absolutely. That, that, that was only a year ago. That was like that, that, that was during the pandemic. So. Yeah, sorry, Riley. Sorry, Riley. You're all on your own. It's the Rock and Sock Connection. Mankind is branched out. You're just all by yourself, Dwayne. He's got his buddy McCade on his side. What are you talking about? And, and, and to the max. That's... Uh, yeah, I know. It's, at, at some point in time, we'll have like a real balanced discussion on Rudy, and I just—it's more tongue in cheek because Rudy is a great player. It's just funny to watch, uh, just how you can't. He's like, who loves this one? I'm, I'm gonna get who's so good at this. He's the most polarizing. He's like John Cena, right? He's the. <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly how to push who's button. He's who the just... company promoting. He's bam, the bam. No, is that, yeah. that, that's the funny thing is that like um uh, we, on this podcast at least we at least I try to like. Not to fall into narratives, I guess. Like you know, let's let's see what we see out there. Talk about what we see, and not fall into cliches and narratives. And so that's I, that's I, what I, I have to talk about. So you, you also it. said you also said something very smart a while back too, and it stuck with me a lot. It's it's you should put it in a book or something. But we all we all look we, consciously or subconsciously we all seek out things that it's kind of like self fulfilling prophecy, right? We all have our agendas and our thoughts and everything that we all we all seek things out to kind of fill those. And it's unfortunate because Rudy was one where. Like, you know, watching this, like, oh, hey, these people are saying a lot of really cool things about it. I don't really understand all of it, but I'll take their word for it. So it became this giant Rudy stand. And then I watched the, what happened happen. And there was a lot of the things that the critics brought up that actually turned out to be true. Again, not always Rudy's fault, but if you construct a team around Rudy's skill set, that's just part of the challenge you have. So, like, some of the shortfalls, do I blame Rudy for having Terrence Mann go crazy on him? No, I don't. That's it, it's. It's crazy think someone can guard the, the, the corner three and getting layups. I get that. But the, the, the you, challenge being you, you're you not punishing that. them offensively and you're not punishing them and you've constructed a team that this is how we have to roll. Like we're so dependent on him that it's just some of the flaws that we have aren't really his fault. So it's it's, it's, just, a, it's just a weird dynamic. But Rudy is, is, a, is a great player. He's a fantastic player. I love him on the Jazz. I'm so glad he's on the Jazz. But the man has definitely got some major holes. He's like, he really is one of the most, uh, peculiar star players I can really think of in any sport. I just can't think of someone who sure. possesses such an elite skill set and some elite things, but then he has some just major holes. It's like saying, imagine if, uh, I don't know, imagine if Aaron Rodgers couldn't, he was great at throwing the deep ball and great at throwing the check down, but he just could not throw like anything intermediately, you know? Or <laughs> the Shohei Otani could only hit home runs. His home runs are strikeouts. Like there's just some major holes in this game that just make it really peculiar and just right. unique, I guess. Yeah, you're saying uh, we're, you, we're using Aaron Rodgers as a metaphor because uh, the Packers beat the Cardinals on. It was a it was a great day of uh, exciting basketball and football to end the night, except for the Jazz game. So, um, but um, uh, Logan, you brought up Jared Butler a little bit earlier, and I, I've been waiting because we're talking about Jared Butler who. You know, at, at the end of preseason, man, I was ready. I was ready to have his babies. Like I, I you know, I my pants were down. I was presenting, and uh, I was like, Jared Butler is the next coming. Uh, and we talked about how, like, you know, there's Desmond Bain, Jared Butler. Like we talked about, like, hey, if if someone is good enough, right? If someone is going to be great, it doesn't really matter. Like they're going to make the most out of their playing time, and they're going to demand playing time. 
And we are here uh, what, a week and a half later, two weeks later from that podcast. And, you know, I, I don't want this to come off as criticism of Jared Butler, but, like, we haven't really seen it. And so now this talks about our narratives, uh, our, 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 our biases. Like, were we just wrong about Jared Butler? Or were we wrong that the situation would present itself for Jared Butler to be good? Like, I, I have no doubt. I have a little bit of doubt. I, I am pretty sure that if Jared Butler were to play on the Rockets or the Thunder, that just, you know, let you just play and there's no, there's really no structure to winning in those organizations, mm-hmm. that Jared Butler would be in the Rookie of the Year um, uh, conversation. Um, but, you know, what do you guys think? Am I wrong? Like, this maybe did, did I hype him up too much in preseason? Um, yes. Yes. But I'm, but I'm also I'm, I'm not surprised by this, but I'm also not negative on it either. It's kind of like the expectation. I mean, it's still it's like I I don't think I mean you know my 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 comp is always Greg Ostertag dominating uh, Tim Duncan at the Rocky Mountain Review, and that's when I realized that none of this ever matters. So there's always like there's always that in the back of my head. But I think I think some of the things we saw him do are special. He's just got to get some he's just got to get some run doing it. So I don't I think both are true. I, 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 this is what I expected. I'm actually surprised he's actually getting minutes cons- every night. I didn't expect that. So yeah, actually, it's a little bit better than I thought it was true, going yeah. to be. Jared, I mean, I mean, I mean, he's your brother. You guys, you guys have the same name. Um, uh, so, I mean, what, what's your Jared Butler take here? Um, my my take is that I think he just needs a little bit of time to adjust. I mean, he's a rookie, and the game's going to slow down for him. I think. You know, uh, okay, so okay, so we're, so we're talking about the 40th pick in the draft, and then last year the 30th pick in the draft is Desmond Bain, a guy, a guy that Jazz, Jazz uh, Twitter still pines for. Um, it didn't take that long for Desmond Bain to, you know, to make use of his 24 minutes a game. Um, yeah, but he was also getting 24 minutes a game. Yeah. So did he earn that, or is it just because he's on the Grizzlies? Like it was easier to earn it on the Grizzlies than it is on the Jazz. Yeah, and, and and that's 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 true, but and so now this this goes on back to things like, well, you know, the Jazz are not in a situation to um, develop Jared Butler, which is kind of scary because I mean, if Jared Butler is as good as we think he could be, like, is, you know, we can't just say, all right, don't worry. In two years, when Michael Conley retires or leaves the Jazz or is ready to take a backup role to the Jazz. They got Jared Butler on the on you know on the bench ready to go, right? Um, I think you're going to see him getting consistent playing time by the end of the year. How consistent? Like um, because like right now it's seven, and you know as as long as just said like hey those those minutes might go away when Rudy go when Rudy Gay gets back. I think he might be able to bump it up to ten depending on. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of variables, but. I think Trent Force minutes are going to go away. And well, Trent Force is not really getting minutes. I mean, well, I guess that's true. Yeah, he only got garbage time minutes tonight. Yeah, well, was- as, as as you guys were talking this through, and I don't even know. I mean, it's it's not. You guys know the, the inner workings of this all too. I was wondering, like, is it is it more worth Jared Butler's time if he's not going to get minutes on the Jazz? And and, and that's a, the great unknown is injuries because something's bound to happen, so that can change everything. But, right. Like I mean, the, um, the what, first back to back coming up. Do you think it makes sense for him to be in the G League or can he even go to the G League? I, I don't. I don't think go, it does because yeah, he's a, yeah. a four-year. But do you think that helps him though? Because 
he was a four-year starter in college. And so, like, is he really going to develop more there? Is it? I don't know. That's an interesting thought. Because my first thought was maybe he should go to the G League and get some minutes. But I'm like, I don't know if that helps him as much as it would help. G League you know? is better. The G League is better than college. There's no, no, no. I, I, hundred percent get that. But what I'm saying is, like, when you're a four-year starter, though, I mean, is, is it? That's just. A, I don't right. know. I, I'm not convinced yeah. one way or another. I'm just because saying, like, um, uh, I mean, the G League guys that the Jazz had last year were Juwan Morgan, Drew Rentley, Mia One, uh, uh, maybe not Mia, but like a, a lot of the Jazz guys that aren't even on the Jazz anymore. Like they played G League, they played really well, uh, and they would go bounce back and forth in the Jazz and the and, and the G League. Um, and it was like, oh yeah, these guys are. I mean, those those guys were getting better, but you know, how much better can you get playing the you know NBA players that are ranked three fifty to five hundred, and then you get bumped up to you know the top three hundred, and uh, you know the game is different. The game, the speed is different, um, and uh, so you know, are those reps quality reps? I think is what Logan you're trying to ask. I guess. Yeah, I mean, because I, I, I said he was a four-year player. I don't know if that's true. Maybe I'm just making things up. But he was—he's definitely not uh, not a freshman he, or sophomore. Like, yeah, yeah. And, and so, so your your first instinct would be if the Jazz are fully healthy, fully stacked, and they start pinching minutes out, that you'd want to go get some reps in the G League. Um, which, yeah, I guess that's true. It's just I just I wonder how we would feel. And I guess there's a lot of circumstantial things surrounding it when it happens. But if if if, if Rudy Gay comes back, and then you see. How would we feel as Jazz fans if Butler was sent to the G League? Would we be like, hey, that's great. He'll get some more reps and be ready to go. Or would we be like, oh, man, that was kind of a bummer. He kind of fell on his face. Which I guess is kind of maybe the overall question you're asking, who in some in a more drawn-out way that I'm presenting it. But yeah. well, I, guess for, I guess, I mean, he's a three-year college guy, I guess. So I just yeah, checked. I mean, uh, it's three just, I was curious. But, yeah, you're right. No, he's definitely an upperclassman. So, I mean, it's almost the same thing. As <sighs> yeah, me. so, I mean, this is hard, this is hard for me because, like, you know, as soon as he was drafted, people were like all over him. And I was like, oh, man, maybe just because I'm, you know, being contradictory. I was like, well, he's the number 40 pick in the draft. There's a reason why guys fall. I mean, I, I just don't think, you know, the Jazz passed on him once, basically. Um, you know, I, I, I don't think I'm a, a lot of guys, you know, fall the 40 and you just go, oh, my God, you know, how, how did this future Hall of Famer fall the 40? So if you told me, like, the, the Jazz 40th pick, you know, on draft night, was gonna start for, or play for the Jazz seven minutes. I was like, wow, you know, it must be pretty good. And then preseason happened, and it wasn't just like it's just how he did in preseason. Like he was, he was doing things. I'm like, oh, these are these are like real NBA moves. Like it looked like he had um uh, moves that um uh, take guys a while. Like Donovan had that spin move in, in summer league, but you know, all preseason, I didn't think Donovan was gonna get to where he was. Jared Butler looked like he had already gotten to that spot. And so I was like, okay, well, um, uh, cool. So like, I mean, if you're if you're going to be good, if the cream rises to the top, this is sort of the like, if if Donovan and Gordon played together, you know, would would Donovan have the same trajectory? Like, some guys just need need to be on a team that gives you twenty five to thirty minutes a game, not get pulled, and just let you play ball because you're not trying to win a championship. Um, and so that's, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think yeah, definitely like Butler had like when you watch Butler and the preseason stuff, he had a more polished game, which is more. Whereas some guys you watch and they just like freak like the complete the, the great example to compare that to is like Azabuki who had the ridiculous summer league because he was just a better athlete than everybody, right? Right, right, right. And he, but it was and so Butler seems to have a more polished game, and so that's that's uh, where it is. And I'm, I guess I'll make my first bold statement. I'll probably have to eat my words on later throughout the season. But I think that the Jared Butler situation might, might, might be the most tricky and controversial for one them, for them to balance because 
it, I mean, there's, there's, so, there's so much to it. That we've seen some flashes that are like, okay, this guy's got something. This was a steal of a draft pick, but there's no minutes there for him. I mean, who, who, you, you can't take his minutes away. You can't take away these other guys' minutes for him. You just can't. We're already talking about how we get, how we get uh, country grammar minutes. So how are we going to be able to take it from somebody else? It just doesn't that, that, exist. Yeah, and like so it uh... creates a very weird situation where you could, if they, if the Jazz don't do this right, where they were so praised for their developmental. Yep stuff it's it could be it could be pretty it could be a big time bummer yeah because oh, like, I mean, I, he, he may never they've got their work cut potential. out yeah yeah they, they, they really got their work cut out for them with him i think the other pieces will will settle themselves out because they're veterans who've been around and it'll be on quinn but that's the scary the, thing but, is the, that, yeah. but butler butler situation will be tricky i mean I, but i don't think quinn was the one there doing the shooting drills making these guys better i think it was a lot of that support staff which you know not coincidentally isn't there anymore and some of that development we used to be famous for doesn't seem to be existing quite as well. But I mean, um, but but then again, you know, uh, you know then you know you're also country, better too. Uh, country, country grammar's out there. I'm uh, playing. I mean, he, he he's not he he. I, I want to say this is his best stretch of his career because that Golden State team again was just you go out there and just play right. Like there, there was no pressure to to the you know country grammar's out there playing winning ball right now, and that that's a big difference um, uh, than what he was doing before. Um, yeah, so that that is my that is my um, fear for Jared Butler. Like, if if he really is going to be you know a future superstar, then you know are the are, are there important reps the seven minutes a game uh, versus real NBA talent, or the thirty minutes a game in G League, or does he just need to get more? Because this is the whole Desmond Bain thing. Like, everyone's like, oh, the Jazz needs to draft Desmond Bain last year. It's the same problem I, I I saw this year. Like, there's not that many, there's not much many minutes in the rotation. To um uh, to get you minutes, you know you, you can't take it away from you can't take it away from, you know you can't just take two 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 and two away, and even if you do, I mean, which is sort of what the Jazz did, took you know just a couple minutes away from Mike and Don and Jordan and Joe, but I mean, how effective can you be in eight minutes? I guess so. Um, you know, according to my Tinder, pro- according to my Tinder pro- profile, very 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 effective. So. The Bane, the Bane, the Bane one's going to be a hard one to swallow for a long time. So yeah, so it's just it's one of those things was, that we'll, was, we'll never was, know. Was also, but I, I thought this I was, was also, a good litmus test to see if Butler could could show um uh you know a, a high level because I asked like who is better, Butler or Bane, and people were saying Bane. I'm like I don't know, man. Like the buzz after after Butler's preseason was everywhere, and I don't know if it was just Utah or nationally, but it's crazy. So I think I think I think Bane's a pretty. Uh, is, uh, I mean. Butler's a, a point guard, right? And Bain's a bigger, a little bit bigger of a guard wing type guy. So I think there's there have been different opportunities for him in Utah. If you give him all of the, the if you do him all the Niang minutes, that's already double what what uh, the other side is. If we had had Bain, do you think we we make the same off season acquisitions or whatnot? I don't know. Oh no, absolutely, absolutely. You don't need to bring in Pascal at that point, and maybe not even Rudy Gay. Yeah, I mean, but then again, maybe the Jazz get past the Clippers at that bane. I, I mean, it, it is. It, you know, now we're like, now we're like really into like weird multiverse yeah. stuff with Doctor Strange. Well, I, I, I think it's going to be weird with him because like we have everyone can go back. And I saw someone very funny, funny pointed out because you know some teams they like to do the hypothetical drafts. If we would have drafted this guy and this guy and this guy, our team would be like five all-time greats, right? <laughs> and the Jazz, the Jazz definitely have some there, like with the the the, the Giannis, the, Tony the Gordon Hayward, or Paul. Yeah, Paul that George. one. There's, there's, there's a couple rough ones. There's, there's lots of the Kimpo, and I get that, but I think the one, I think that what's going to make Bane sting even more, at least for me, was the fact that it just, it was, it seemed like an obvious need that they just passed on for a third center, which we found out later nobody wanted. 
uh-huh. except for Dennis Lindsay. So that makes it even more challenging. And he was, it was such an obvious glaring hole that we had. And it would have helped in some, he would have been better than the, the, the four minutes Shaq Harris played. And, and, and again, when we get in these terrible situations, imagine if you had thrown Desmond Bain out there in the Clippers series. You're right. It doesn't have to be him always getting minutes all the time, but he has a skill set that was so obvious. I mean, the, the Lopez Parker, okay, you drafted two young point guards on potential. Who really knows? Right. I mean, that's, that's, it's frustrating, but easier to swallow. Whereas this one was just like, what the hell? Like, what the hell? <laughs> what the yep. shit? Um, yeah. So, um, uh, yeah. I mean, it's one of the things that I don't, I mean, <laughs> like we assume that um, the George Gaiman is going to go on the Bane, but uh, I don't know. Like, I'm still on team. I'm uh, for Quinn Snyder. I'll, I'll see when I believe it. Um, yeah. So um, uh, yeah, we we're we're weak into the season. Uh, we've all made um, uh, some crazy calls. Um, uh, um, I know you know Jerry Jerry has said um, I have a one week take that we're gonna revisit here um, at the end of the podcast here. Like um, uh, the Warriors have played really well, and uh, um, I think you you said the the Warriors were a top three team. Jerry, what did you say about the Warriors? Uh, I can't remember if it was top three, but I, I did think that they were in the top four for sure. Uh, it might, I might have said top three. I don't know. I mean, I, to I mean, to this. The, the Suns, the Suns have lost a couple games, right? Like the Suns were the very volatile team that, like, boy, they had I, a really great run last year. I, the Suns are doing so poorly. It's confusing me. I mean. I mean, maybe DeAndre Ayton isn't a max. You know, we we talked about this. Like everybody was killing the Suns last last some uh, week about you know not extending or giving the max to DeAndre Ayton, and we kind of talked about it here like he might not be a max player. And, yeah, uh, I'm also wondering though if that whole situation is just uh, well, and you've also got that looming story that came out about the Suns, like Saba. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I it's looming. I'm like, well, where is it? Like, why is it looming? Well, we're dotting the eyes and putting periods in there. Um, was I mean, dotting, uh, dotting the eyes and putting periods in there. Yeah, like, <laughs> I mean, I, I really think that maybe somebody, uh, somebody tipped off that that organization and they somehow got out in front of some stuff, and so they're trying to clean it up without and and keep people from getting you know, the confirmations they need to be able to put that in print. Oh, sure. So, I mean, Trent Crum, the independent, but the thing is that I'm, if I'm, the story is that far along, Trent it's just Crum. probably going to come out. So. Trent um, Crum or whatever. Trent, Trent Crum, Crum, the independent. Um, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna to go, I'm gonna go straight cliches here to describe the Suns, having watched like zero of their games, except for they blew that big lead, I think, to the Nuggets on opening night. Um, but uh, I... I haven't watched any of their games. I try not to watch their games because Cam Johnson never misses a shot when I watch, so I don't want to continue that. But um, I, I, I think there's... You said yeah, Cam there, Johnson? There. Damn it. I thought you said campaign. I've been building my FanDuel lineups around campaign no, Cam, because of that Cam, one Cam, Cam Johnson's a sneaky one. Yeah, campaign, the star of... You know, campaign was the kid who was in that movie Holes who watched growing up. You know that, right? <laughs> um, but he... Uh, the 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 zones the, there is a little bit of controversy there not, not just with that but also the eight news perhaps and also the thing is like they're much they they appear to be much more dependent on Chris Paul than we are on Mike Conley uh, or, or, or any so I that, mean besides Rudy Gobert yeah so yeah that's the scary one the scary one is if Rudy Gobert goes down until Hassan Whiteside takes us to the promise line but um, <laughs> uh, the uh, but the uh, but perhaps I don't know there, there's there's a lot more if, if he missed there and I think that Here's the most cliche one of them all. 
they're they can't surprise anyone anymore. Like they are the team to beat. They went to the Western Conference, uh, the, the NBA Finals. They were up 2-0. They can't sneak up on anyone before. It was kind of like where it was that situation of you know, no one really took them seriously. Gave them the respect. It's not like that. And it's not like that anymore for them. So maybe that's it. That's not to say they don't write the ship down the road, but um, I, I hope they don't. I just don't like them. So I hope yeah, they I mean, continue to suck. Chris Paul, Chris Paul shouldn't. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, yeah, like, you know what? Suns, you had you had your day in the sun. Uh, no pun intended, actually. Um, <laughs> uh, Phoenix, you had your day in the sun, and then, uh, yeah, now it's time to like. Cause, you know, we we talked about this before the pod, like or before the season. Excuse me. Is that you know there's going to be a couple teams that surprise you, and there's going to be a couple teams that uh, are disappointing, and the Suns look like they they could be that team that we all kind of like. I guess we didn't have the balls to put them out of the top three and they might be that team that, you know, five, six, you know, this is make, makes room for the Warriors, the Nuggets and the Lakers or Clippers or whoever, oh, you know, I hope, I hope they're, I hope they're, I hope they're, I hope they are with the, uh, Blazers. the Portland Trail Blazers <laughs> and they're playing, they're playing nine, 10, trying to get into the playoffs. Crap, I, lied. I think I said the Nugget, the Warriors were fifth. Cause I remember saying the Lakers were at four. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I, it, it doesn't really matter. Like who gives a shit. Right. Um, yeah. I do, I do. <laughs> like, because like, Logan uh, lost honestly, they could. We, we, the, the Western Conference could end up with like four teams over sixty games, separated I've got, I've by rece- one game. I've got, I've got receipts, y'all. I'm gonna cash in. I got receipts. <laughs> I've got them receipts. I'm gonna cash them in. Yeah. So, all right. So now comes like the last like five or ten. You know, where, where I think it's gonna be the last like two minutes where we just kind of say goodbye and then we somehow end up talking about fifteen minutes about you know just random bullshit. Um. But yeah, how's everybody doing? Um, uh, Meta, uh, big name change. Um, uh, Halloween's coming up. Um, I saw I saw your daughter um, uh, Ariel this year, huh? Uh yeah. I didn't know she was Ariel either until today. She was uh, she was um, she was the Sugar Plum Fairy dance class, and it appears though she was Ariel today. And then on su- Sunday she'll be uh, Sally from nightmare before christmas so she's just she's keeping it real last year she was a ghost buzz light your bat so hey, it makes sense that she's she's just crap. keeping her off good for her like i'm gonna get she was all through those at once oh she was all through those at once last year like it wasn't just like there were three separate <laughs> events no she and she wanted just a straight up ghost sheet like she didn't want to cool the dj tried to be sure the cute the cute the cute you know cutesy ghost he's like no i saw the sheet one <laughs> so she just she had a straight up sheet most part, and then put some bat wings on it, and then put some Buzz Lightyear wings on it. She had some gloves, and she was it was confusing, but you know she loved it. She was ready to roll, and now she's like, you know what? I want all three costumes. So um, uh, that's gonna be expensive for Halloween, but um, uh, she's lovely, so that's awesome. Uh, I, I'm I, I'm a little sad that she didn't do a hot dog or a T Rex or a Frankenweenie. So, um, but maybe next yeah, well, year. yeah, we just do that's just that's just daily occurrences for us. That's not even <laughs> Halloween, so. There's going to be a fight over that hot dog costume before we know it. But, <laughs> um, but b- before we go down this weird hole, we don't know if it'll recover. I just, you know, my mom did inspire me. And she's inspired change. So, Marnie, you've, you, this is like a semi shout out, but you've also inspired me to bring back the shout outs. So, um, diehard, diehard underscore jazz. He, 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 you know, if you kiss my ass on Twitter, I'm going to love you. So, um, <laughs> you know, he told me he, he looks forward to my tweets. So, he gets a shout out. Um, also, Salt City Swagger. He's got the swag belts. You guys have seen those all over the place, right? Yeah, I know. I've been trying to get a free um, high notes one. And then Herzog under. Uh, I know he wants to. Yeah, I know. Maybe someday if I retweet that. But then there's a Herzog underscore rocks, a big part of the jazz community. Uh, I saw them having a conversation the other day about how Reggie was complimenting the jazz and how Shaq actually complimented the jazz. 
And I saw that happen on the broadcast too, but you you saw no mention of that on the the Jazz Twitter Twitter sphere. It was nearly anytime anytime they spoke poorly, they were ready to shit all over the rest of them. And actually, Reggie was very complimentary to start the broadcast, and just because you know, it's it's just it was just interesting to me that I heard those things too, and those two were the first two I saw on Twitter point out that you know the Jazz do have people's respect, and they are thought of highly. It's not like it was before. But we still have such a complex. That They're always against we, us. We, we complete. I, I know, but it's crazy because sometimes it's like it's a stretch. But like, there's actual like tangible evidence where Reggie Miller was team run it back, like he was the captain of team run it back. So it was just interesting to hear, just to watch how that kind of plays out. I, again, it, sh- it shouldn't surprise me, but it was just one of those aha moments. So I saw them talking about it, and I figured I would bring them up and shout them out because it was kind of cool to see. You know, like we're a good team, man. Like we're a really good team. We're not the same old Jazz. We're a new version of the Jazz, and we're 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 kicking ass like we're supposed to. Hashtag so maybe just maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe just let some of that stuff go. Like it's okay. Like you are in the conversation. So when Bill Sitton, well, Billson is a different argument, but when uh, yeah, when yeah. here's a question for you guys. This is off honorable tangent. Who do you think hates the Bill Russell Rudy Comp more? Is it McCade or is it Bill Simmons? Because it's got to piss both of them off quite intensely. <laughs> uh, but it's, because I'm pretty sure I saw some 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 tweets out there saying that Bill Russell wasn't that good, and then I probably still Bill Simmons because there's a fiery burning hate for it. But but anyways, like you know when what's what's our guy Zach Lowe when he says he's not going to talk about the Jazz, that's not being disrespectful. It's like he said he listened to the entire podcast. He's saying you guys have arrived. Like you are not a surprise. You're a really good team. You're here, but you you've got some shit left to prove, and that's completely fine. And even the even the TNT guys, they they said last year they they haven't been there, so we don't trust them. But this year they're very high on them. Kenny Smith, these guys constantly say good things about the Jazz, but it's just this weird complex where we just are out there searching for something that's not complete praise, and so it's got to be shitting on. It's not happening anymore, guys. Like it's just not. It's just, yeah. it isn't what did you say last year? Like I'm a I'm a you're you're only good when people criticize you, right? Exactly. Exactly, and they were the new kids of the party. But they're we're a really good team. Yeah, like so a, that's, that, there's, 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 you're not being disrespected anymore. There's no more disrespect. There just isn't. Saying yeah. you need to prove, saying you need to prove something which you haven't done, whether whether no, no matter which little, I I don't fall on the injury side, but injury or not, you still have to prove it. Like being injured, even if you're going to ride the injury train and say the injuries are the sole reason, you still didn't prove it. Yeah, you and can so, look for, like I mean. Injuries are just excuses. I mean, they're they're excuses that obviously have a very specific, you know, reason, but they're still excuses. So. No, I, I I I absolutely believe them, and I don't take that as an excuse. And so I'm I'm in a different I'm in a different boat. I think we all are in a different boat. There's still some holes there. But even if you want to say it was completely out of our control, you still didn't prove it, right? So it doesn't it doesn't change the outcome. Now you can make reasons as to why the outcome happened that way, but it's still. No one's disrespecting you. They're actually respecting you more than they ever have. And so they're just saying, yeah, all right. Then, then, then you guys may get hung up on why they say why or not, but like we're not we're not disrespecting or the jazz are not disrespected. Rudy Gobert is disrespected by twelve year old kids. That's it. So get over it. Meta, like, meta. <laughs> yeah. Meta. How are you doing? How are you? You good? I'm your, breathing like a fat kid running around. Your heart rate is really high. You're talking really loud. <laughs> I'm screaming in the microphone. I know. I was, I was like, oh, I was like, ooh, he's passionate. This is passion. This is the passion that we want to hear. And, uh, As more, you know, I'm going to take a cue from more name and reverently go sit in the corner. Reverently, <laughs> quietly. <laughs> Logan, you need to Logan, you need to um uh, uh be more careful um uh, with your words, um because your your words have. 
your words your words affect people uh i need i need to remember to cut that and put that in the commercial so uh j-raw what are you passionate about because i'm uh you're gonna have to follow that so good luck give me some passion <laughs> man uh, that's man logan why'd you why'd you have to have such a good freaking passionate rant. That was. I've got, I've got some passion fire for you. We're probably burning up everything we've got. Oh. So, look, look, remember our JC tweet, our JC text message about JC and why people hate JC? Oh, hell yeah. So there you go. You take that and run with it. Oh. <laughs> I'm giving you an assist. There you go. Yeah, Car- that, the Carson Corner returns for the season four, the, the season of four letter words. Honestly, that actually helps a lot. Um, I mean, everybody loves to shit on Jordan Clarkson. He's the he's the most tradable guy. He's the guy that, you know, uh, he's the most dispensable player on the Jazz because, you know, the Jazz need defense. We don't need more offense. We don't need, oh, hey, Donovan's struggling. Oh, hey, the offense needs carrying. Who shows up? My man, JC. Man, all y'all haters can just suck it, man. I mean, I don't care if he's polarizing. I don't care if you don't like him. What you gonna do, brother? He's on the team. But Suck did you it. did you see how good Aaron Gordon and Harrison Barnes have been playing? Oh fuck, Aaron Gordon, man! I don't want that <laughs> shitty ass contract on my team. People people want to people want to be people want to talk about how how you know the Jordan Clarkson being overpaid. Aaron Gordon is making almost twenty million dollars a year. He's eighteen million this year. He's like nineteen million next year. He's twenty million uh, he the year almost, after that. That's Aaron Gordon almost beat the commitment. Jazz. Aaron Gordon almost beat the Jazz by himself. So. The, I mean, Nugget, the, the Nuggets got a cap problem coming up. <laughs> they got a major problem. They are gonna more. like um and 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 you know not to get too far into um, uh, go listen to hitting the mile high notes for more Nuggets talk. But it's the Nuggets um, pouch. It's the Nuggets pouch. The Nuggets pouch. pouch returns on Altitude uh, Network. The, <laughs> <laughs> oh, did you did you guys see? Because I, I I tweeted something because the Nuggets were playing on a back to back in Utah. I was like, well, you know, by the second half, um, <laughs> the Nuggets are you know playing on a back to back and have to deal with the Utah altitude. And somebody was like, you know, the Jazz play at whatever, 100 feet, 800 feet below where the Nuggets play. And I was like, oh, you must be new to the page because <laughs> obviously. Cause I, you're like, because I was trolling you, you dumb. I was just like, I was like, I was like, I was like yeah, that's a, like, you're like, yeah, that's a, that's a very good point. <laughs> yeah, that's a very good here. point you just made there, sir. You're, um, you're new here because that's what, yeah, duh, I know that. But um, uh, I, just, I mean, I mean uh, D- DJ David James is he still in the market? He's still a local radio guy, personality uh, uh, in the market. Yeah, yeah he, um, uh, yeah, I mean, he, he, he works for the Zone Sports he, Network. <laughs> he, yeah, he, he definitely built his entire reputation. He was on the Jazz broadcast and banging home the back-to-back situation. Like he he rode that horse more than anyone I've ever seen in my life. The back-to-back. Series. David James, he's like he's like the flagship guy on the Zone, like on their morning show, and he's all <laughs> DJ and PK. DJ and PK or something. <laughs> Yeah, really? yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit is the right the right reaction to that. Yeah. I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but they're fine. I guess it's I not know. a good thing. It's yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm still usually I'm still usually hung over in the morning when they were on, so it wasn't even like a big deal. It was just I, I I haven't listened to them in a long time just because their show sucks. And the last time I was listening to their show, everything PK said was just just annoying me. Yeah. And one time I got into a so I, I started sending text messages to their text line i was just making fun of pk and talking shit and they started sending messages back and i was like what the fuck <laughs> well you know you know it's, i've seen some people on tour i think it was i think it was cron air who said it um no one listens to the radio anyways it's all about podcasts and we have so many quality podcasts i'm like on the jazz pod co-op 
who needs radio guys anymore, right? So, hell yeah, hells to the uh, yeah, justpodcoalop.com. We're, 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 cons- we're consistently putting the effort. Uh, I know that the Jedi and Jarms is consistently putting out the effort. We're all doing the heavy reps. You know, the Gen Z pops in every once in a while. You know, they got a thousand different jobs, so I get it. Yeah, um, yeah. But I don't know what happened to the rest of them. I don't, know what's, I don't know what's going on here. But I also have a different story to tell you, Jared, someday about uh, talking shit to, jet, to personalities on the radio. Because do you remember the old call-in shows? Yeah, the game. I mean, they still have the call-in shows. Was it Coach Tom Nasalki? Was that the guy we had? The the, oh, the yeah. post jazz games. Yeah, the old school guy. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure he called me an idiot and hung up on the phone on me. So it was pretty. Yeah, it was so a. It was a good day for. It was a good day for Meta. It was a great day. I was at the bowling alley. I was at Musgrove's bowling alley <laughs> in Clearfield, oh, and I was shit. waiting my time. I waited like Musgrove's give us money. I said, I just think you're kind of an idiot. I think I called him. I think I called him. I said something to him first. Um, because he, he always had that, that saying where he was, you know, the Jazz can play a B game tonight and win this game, or they can play a C minus. I said, that's the stupidest thing. I hate that. Like, why would, that's what I told him. I said, I don't know why you'd ever want to show up with anything other than an A plus mentality. And he said something to the fact, well, you, I, I said, well, what do I know? I'm an idiot. And he said, well, you're not an idiot. Well, I don't know you. You probably are an idiot. And then they cut me off. So I don't, it was just. <laughs> and then hung up. Um, uh, yeah, yeah I saw, I saw like, Germans got Austin Horton before we could. So that was sad. Yeah, you're the guy who's got all the connections here. Who wouldn't, Jared? I mean, I don't know anyone up here. I mean, if if you want, the Austin, Austin would probably be like a Sunday thing. I don't think he's going to come on in the middle of the night. Oh, uh, you know, with that attitude. <laughs> I mean, he, he, he should have more availability now, right? <laughs> he's got another job. He's working already. Um <laughs> All right, so yeah, so um, uh, as as we, uh, we finish up the nonsense here, um, a good shout outs there. I don't think I have any shout outs. Um, uh, let's uh, you know, you know, Tiffany Dawn. Uh, I messaged her today, or you know, we we you know, so did uh, Punk uh, uh, underscore O three at Jeremore. We talked about um, uh, at the Berto or Bear Bear two. Uh, yeah. So <sighs> anyway. Um, I love, I love that who just said he sent messages to Tiffany and uh, he didn't tell us what he sent them. He just yeah. said, I sent them messages. Yeah. Which, I, I'm just, I'm just, honest, if you, I don't even remember. If you know, if you know who it's very, that's very suspicious. So he, that's he said, very. Lewd photos, though, that's all I know. Don't, don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Don't be don't be suspicious. 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 You're very suspicious. You're very suspicious. That is uh that is also true. Um But you're also some island boy, you know, doing island boy things. So Hey, let's end the show here so that I can tell you guys a secret. Uh, anyway, yeah. Uh, well, you know, before we do, um, remember to follow at Go the Distance Forty Nine Twitter and uh, IG. Um, uh, you can follow and at Jazz on there. I will tell you secrets as well. At so. Jazz High Notes on Twitter. That's uh, the account I run. At Jazz High Notes on the IG. That's the code uh, account that Jared runs. Um, yeah. At Jazz High Note Podcast or at um, uh, Hitting the High Notes Podcast. At Jazz Notes Podcast. I don't remember what it is. Um, uh, on Facebook or uh, on Meta, uh, whatever it's gonna be. I can't wait till like, like we do like uh, augmented reality um, uh, high notes on, on on the new Facebook. So, um, well, and, and if you get a chance, follow my mom. Like not on social media, but like in real life. Like if you see her at the grocery store, like follow her around a little bit. You know, just keep her on her toes, keep her I'm, fresh, keep we'll her on her game. We'll post a picture of Marnay. Um, uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to uh, Google Google Marnay. 
if you um, if you if you frequent the Harmons and Roy, then you will probably come across her. <laughs> Look for the uh, uh, good old Roy, Roy, Roy Utah, home What's of the Burger Bar. Burger Bar, give us money. Yeah, so we'd either be in the produce section or like the candy bins. So Ooh, I've heard uh, very good things about Burger Bar. I'm, that's I'm where uh, that's where uh, the pro- produce that. produce and candy sections are, where all them uh, where all the single moms go out to um, uh, to to fish for the daddies. I think. Well, let's not tell Doug that because he's not single. <laughs> let's not let Douglas know. So <laughs> Doug, 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 Doug would never listen. That's true. I should tell Doug to listen. If Doug knows he's on here, it's going to change everything. Oh God! Could you imagine? Could you imagine Doug's critiques? Jesus Christ! Oh, that would not be good. I, it might I, make us all want to quit. You know what? Let's let's end the show. So, um, oh, let's go to well, before we end the show. Go to jazzpodcoop.com. That's at jazzpodcoop.com. Uh, I do want to run another five star review. Uh, you know, give us a five star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Yeah, wherever. we'll give. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what we're going to give away. We'll give away something. Uh, we gave away Doug, Doug's, Doug's phone number. Doug's phone number. <laughs> something oh, from the Doug's and Marnay's phone number. We could give away something from the Quote website. I would happily purchase something to give away. Uh, yeah, like, um, uh, you know, m- maybe um, uh, Jazz High Note guest will, will sign a book and, and send it to you. Who knows? Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, maybe maybe um, uh, Meta, Meta Cox will sign um, uh, a banana hammock and, and send it to you. I don't know. We'll find out. <laughs> But uh, yeah, just give us a, you know a five star review. Um, that really helps the pod out. Uh, it gets a little more interaction. Uh, we love to see the listeners come back. I'm, uh, you know, we, we're definitely seeing a bump um, uh, in the early season and preview. So thanks for listening, guys. We, we love you guys. Um, uh, I don't know who you are. You guys are, are real freaks for listening um, on a weekly basis. I'll tell you that for an hour and a half every week right now. Um, uh, I got to figure oh, out a, a better way to uh, a better way to get these shorter. Um, yeah. Uh, anything else that we need to hit up guys? Uh, our, we hit our socials, we hit our website, uh, we hit our only fans up. So, uh, I guess I, that's it. Uh, we'll see we you guys good. next time. All right. I'm hitting the off button on the record. Go ahead. And tell your secrets. Uh, Utah shoved so far up your ass that you don't know what's fucking going on. God, that's the that range you recorded him on. Who? Yeah, that was that aggressive. Was range, yeah, yeah. That's, that was aggressive. I'm so, I'm, I'm so glad that who's still who's still recording. He plugged yeah. that thing in the beginning. Yeah, with yeah. It. <laughs>